here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Hello, everybody. I'm just going to uh, get right into it. It is Shake Them Ropes, episode 203, two days in the making. I want to thank uh, I want to thank the several of you who uh, who tried watching live on our YouTube stream Sunday night after WrestleMania. It didn't go as well as I uh, I would have liked. We had a lot of tech issues, and we made it about ten minutes or so before we had to give up on the whole thing. But fear not, we were able to record all the audio that was going on. And later on in this episode, not too much later on, uh, we'll have Joe Lanza as Joe Lanza of Voices of Wrestling and myself went over the card and the results of WrestleMania 33. Uh, we, uh, we, talked, we talked about uh, pretty much every match in the show, went over the uh, results right after the show happened. So it was our first like honest reactions to it. We didn't have time to think about it, which sometimes is the best way to go. Uh, just uh, reacted to the show. So that is coming up in this episode, uh, followed by some more thoughts about the post-Mania Raw from myself, Jeff uh, Jeff Hawkins is in Orlando still. He was in Orlando for the show, so we didn't get a whole lot from Jeff, but he was able to call in and chime in with a little bit. Uh, so you'll hear a little bit from Jeff, and he'll be back next week to talk about his experience in, or- in Orlando uh, here on Shake Them Ropes. But I just want to thank everyone who tried to make the video stream happen. I apologize for all the tech issues keeping you up late after that uh, midnight Eastern end to WrestleMania. And wasn't able to deliver a full show live. So apologize for that. But we have the full audio here in podcast form. We're going to get right into to Joe Lanza and myself talking WrestleMania. Then I'll be back afterwards for a bit here on Shake Them Ropes. Thanks so much for joining us and listening here on STR. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Rob McCarron. He is sounding off, drunk, in the middle of the road in a snowstorm, wherever he is. Jeff Hawkins. They give them a big middle finger! <laughs> You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. I honestly would have rather gotten a DUI tonight. Wow. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special Shake Them Ropes slash Voices of Wrestling live stream. It is WrestleMania Sunday. It is now WrestleMania Monday. It is the Monday of Monday Night Raw, the Raw after WrestleMania, really. Uh, very long day, very long show. Joined right now by Joy La- uh, Joe Lanza of Voices of Wrestling. Uh, maybe Joy Lanza. I don't know. How'd you like the show tonight? How'd you like the day, Joe? Well, I think um, it was almost like it was two shows. The first half of the show was one of the best shows of the year and one of the best WrestleManias in many years. And then the second half of the show was pretty terrible. Okay. So I don't know how to, I don't know how to weigh all of that and combine it. Um, But yeah, I think the second half of the show of the seven hour show Mm -hmm. uh, really dragged down the first half and 
uh, especially if you have a main event that that's, that's as terrible as that one was like just an ethically horrible main event. Um, that really put a huge damper on things. Okay. Uh, well let's, let's get into it. Let's get into some of the big, uh, big takeaways on this show. The biggest news probably coming out of the show, right? Is the very last match, not just who won the match, but who is no longer going to be appearing. It looks like the undertaker is buried and he's done. Yeah. I mean, that was very clearly a blow off for the undertaker. They, um, it, a did, merciful one. He's you, terrible in the match. Yeah. Do you feel like in a way, like they, they overdid it. They really wanted to hammer home that he's absolutely done. I mean, from the leaving the stuff in the ring, from, from burying himself in the stage, from the loss. I mean, they hammered home. They left no doubt that he's never coming back. No, that's it. They can't come back from that. I mean, he's finished. So, um, they're going to have to rely on something else, you know, with these future WrestleManias. I think what this will show is. It's, you know, WrestleMania as a brand, I think, is going to draw regardless. I think they, they've used Undertaker sort of as a crutch, especially in recent years. Mm-hmm. I don't really think they need him. So from that perspective, I don't think it's going to hurt them. But, yeah, that was a, as definitive as a write-off as, you're, as you'll ever see. He, he's done. He is, he is absolutely done. I want to thank everyone who's joining us on the YouTube stream at uh, youtube.com slash Voices of Wrestling. Uh, We are going to try to make this stream as flawless as possible. We'll see how it goes. I mean, there's a lot of internet going on. Uh, We'll we'll see what happens here. Thanks, everyone, for joining in the chat. uh, And we'll see how this works for you. But yeah, The Undertaker done. Uh, On the other end, Roman Reigns winning the match. Roman Reigns, it is now his house. He is the guy. Uh, Do you see Roman Reigns being the new Undertaker and sticking around for 20 years being like the, the always available headliner? Is Roman Reigns the next big dog, if you will? I think Vince is going to try for the next 20 years. Uh, it's very clear that they're not going to give up on this guy. Um, I've been very outspoken on my show in, for many years saying that I believe his ceiling is sort of that Randy Orton ceiling, right? Where he's kind of a big enough star where you can call him a star, mm-hmm. but he never crosses that threshold to being a true megastar like a John Cena. Um, I still believe that. I think part of that is he's just not as naturally likable mm-hmm. as the company thinks that he is. And part of that is he, he has been snake bitten too. I mean, there has been some bad booking that hasn't helped him. And this match here, which, you know, was not his fault. This match was so bad <laughs> that I, I think that, that this hurts Roman too. I mean, because he doesn't get the same rub from this that he would have gotten if it was just a passable match. For the first few minutes of this match, it was it was a decent raw main event, is what it felt like. It felt like a pretty good raw main event, and then it just it went off the rails. The wheels came off, and it turned into probably the worst WrestleMania main event of all time. And really, that again, that that hurts Roman, and it's 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 not necessary. And it wasn't his fault. Undertaker was just inexcusably bad in this match. Yeah, and he looked the part, too. It's funny, even the last couple of years, Undertaker has looked, you know, he's older, obviously, but he's looked passable. He's looked like he really tried and he worked out really heavily. This is the first year where I really saw it, and especially at the end there. You know, maybe it was just because he was, you know, he's slumping, he's tired, obviously, but Undertaker looked like it was just, it was just time to end. He didn't look like a guy who had been training the last several months to try and make this thing happen. No, I mean, at one, you know, he was gassed badly. He was, he just, um, there was that awful sequence 
where I don't know what spot they were going for, but Roman dropped them three times, which indicates to me that Undertaker was just dead weight at that point and, and, and couldn't help out with the spot. Um, there was another sequence towards the end of the match where Roman came off the ropes and sort of did a wrist clutch on Undertaker, and they got lost there, too. I have no idea what they were going for. Um, there were people speculating that he, he may have been concussed, uh, that his performance was so bad that people thought he was concussed, which he may have been. Um, but yeah, it was just awful. And again, I think that works against Roman. And, and you could see the look on Roman's face at the end of the match. He knew it was bad. He knew they lost the crowd. The crowd... The, that match was so bad and the undertaker's <laughs> performance was so brutal that I feel like the crowd, the crowd, the portion of the crowd that always boos Roman and hates Roman and wants to boo Roman. I think they felt bad for him. and didn't even bother because the end of that match, there was no booing of Roman reigns. It was just apathy. It was complete apathy from 60,000 people. We all know it wasn't 75,000 people. It was complete apathy from 60,000 people as these fireworks are going off. Nobody cared. I mean, they were just stunned at how bad this was and had complete apathy towards everything they had just seen. And, and, and Roman knew it. The look on his face, he was like, wow, this couldn't have gone any worse for me. So this was just a bad night all around for Roman Reigns. And, you know, really, it wasn't his fault. We're on with Joe Lanza, Joe Lanza of the Voices of Wrestling podcast. Uh, Big WrestleMania, big WrestleMania. What is the other takeaway? Like we had this main event. We'll talk about Undertaker. We'll talk about uh, Roman Reigns. Uh, you know, first half of the show, great. Second half, you know, not uh, not as great, if you will. I didn't completely hate it. I thought the crowd obviously was either tired or just had too much fun early on, uh, and that and that kind of hurt it a little bit. And yeah, no one was buying this Roman Reigns uh, stuff. Uh, before that, um, we had we had a lot to unpack here. John Cena proposed to Nikki Bella. We have the Hardys uh, returning and working their second ladder match in as many days. Uh, we have Neville retaining the cruiserweight title in a little bit of a uh, a surprise in my in my view. Uh, what was what was your big takeaway? What's uh, what's the order of events in terms of importance to Joe Lanza? I think what people will remember from this WrestleMania is the Cena proposal, the Hardy return and the horrendous main event. I think it's going to be those three things that are going to stand out and stand the test of time. When you think of what is this WrestleMania? So I was getting mixed up with the numbers. It's 33. It is 33. It is WrestleMania son 33. There you go. When people think of WrestleMania 33, they're going to associate the Cena proposal, the Hardy return and the legendary in a bad way. Main event. Those are the three things I think people are going to take away from the show. Okay. Okay. Uh, we, the stream, you disagree, Robert McCarran. I, I got so much going on here over here. I'm trying to get this stream to work because apparently it's just crap for everybody because I'm awful at this and it's been a while. I, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to hit those, uh, those 630 views, Joe, that seems to be the threshold. <laughs> I don't know. I listen. So I started, uh, maybe, maybe this is why I enjoyed the second half of this show a little bit better. Uh, cause I started drinking during Seth and triple H. I got, I got the vodka cranberries. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm into it right now. That wasn't a terrible place to start drinking. I thought that match was dreadful and dreadfully boring too. I thought it was well worked, but really boring. Um, I know that a lot of people liked that match. I think that's the one match where I sort of differ from the consensus, but I thought that was a typical Triple H slog of a match 
that I just couldn't get into and did not care about. Um, you know, there was nothing wrong with the work per se, but I had zero connection to that thing and I could not wait for it to end. No, it, it seemed to go on forever. The, the match times were really interesting here because uh, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton for the world title, also another match where it just uh, it kind of seemed to drag on. I was stunned. I was stunned when I found out it only went 10 minutes. Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, a lot of people thought this might actually have gone on last. I didn't see how that was anywhere, any way possible. Um, Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton wins the world title. Bray Wyatt gets the little two-month reign here uh, in between AJ Styles and and Randy Orton here. Well, what will you remember from the Bray Wyatt title reign? Nothing. I, you know what I'll remember? <laughs> I'll, I'll remember the terrible Randy Orton storyline, which made no sense. Garrett Kidney pointed this out. What was Randy Orton's master plan here? To join the Wyatt family. Yeah win the Royal Rumble, give up his title shot, then turn on Bray Wyatt to earn his title shot back. It just makes no sense. No, and it, then the match itself. Yeah. And then the, the match itself. I mean, it, uh, that was also the main event was a dud and that match. I don't know what that thing was, but I, I didn't think it could get any worse than the Randy Orton Bray Wyatt match. And then we had whatever it was. The undertaker did. Was this the best show of all time that had two legitimate duds? Because this, this show had two legitimate duds. I don't know how you feel, but I feel like the main event and that Randy Orton Bray Wyatt thing, which I can't even call a match. I mean, people were just laughing at like, you know, the projector screen on the ring with various yeah. creatures. What the fuck is, what was that? <laughs> garbage is what it was, Rob. There were maggots. Was fucking garbage. There were maggots. We had Hardy Boys, we had Gronk, and we had maggots on this show. That, that covers basically the good, the, the bad, and the ugly on this pay-per-view. Uh, yeah, and they went back to it several times. I mean, we we should have known something was going to happen during Randy Orton Bray Wyatt that was going to be weird because the whole buildup has just been let's see what we can do with video and and whatnot. Let's just see what we can what we can do. It's crazy. And it, Bray Wyatt stinks. You know, I'm tired of the dirty <laughs> wizard routine. I'm tired of the magic tricks. Okay, it's just it it does nothing for me. I I suppose that there might be a segment of the audience who enjoys that sort of thing. Not Joel Anza. I I want nothing to Bray Wyatt. He just thinks. So no, I'll remember nothing from his title run except for this horrendous storyline that they did with Randy Orton and this dud of a, of a world title match uh, at WrestleMania. And I'm actually glad they kept it short, you know, entrances, (laughs) the final bell, I think it only went 15 minutes. I mean, because that was getting ugly, but they almost lost the crowd with that, you know, because it was just so, comical it was just ridiculous yeah the match went uh 10 minutes or so again stunned um we have uh i i think if you have a moment i think jeff hawkins is trying to call in joe i'm gonna, I'm gonna get him s- on here i'm gonna see if this can work jeff <laughs> oh my god jeff is are you in a vehicle with people jeff yes i am all right i'm gonna try to add you to uh to this call i don't know what's going i, I think i put joe on hold i don't know if i, I can so. i don't know if i can add I don't know what's happening on the show. This whole this whole uh, attempt has been quite the cluster. Well, if you can't and it gets too much for me, just go with Joe because he's a seasoned professional and an award-winning international broadcast journalist. What was your favorite thing about the show, Jeff? Um, probably that Shane AJ match or the tag team match. All right, the ladder well, match. One word: Is Roman Reigns the next big thing? No. All right, that was uh, that was Jeff Hawkins. I'm gonna see. Joe, are you with me? 
I am. Oh my god, that was just uh, just a mess. I, I'm having quite the fun time with the uh, technical aspect. It, it's almost as if I've never done this before, and I have, which is uh, insane. Well, did, were, were we able to get the hawk on the line or no? Yeah, yeah, I was able. Well, I was able to get uh, answer his call. I could not add him to this call for some reason. Uh, very disappointing. Very disappointing. Um, I'm gonna. Yeah, I might try something. Um, ah, this is just the uh, the live stream is dead, Joe. The live stream is dead. It's very sad. Well, you know what are you gonna do? This will air, though. Correct. Oh, it will air. I have been recording, and I've been recording the audio in a separate uh, channel, so it will not be screwed up like the video was. So yes, this will air. It will air tonight. It will be everyone's Monday morning treat uh, for for post WrestleMania talk. And I am going to take a sip of my beverage while you tell me how great Neville and Austin Aries was. Yeah, I really like that match. Um, you know, in some ways, it sort of helped that they went on first. I think if they would have tried to wedge it into the main show, uh, if there were any issues with time, which it looked for a while there that there might have been, uh, that's certainly something that would have got snipped. They got plenty of time. They worked an excellent match. I thought it was stiff. I thought they were really stiff. Aries and Neville, and I, I thought they both did a really good job, and uh, I thought the finish was very good. It, it played into Austin Aries' eye injury, and then, uh, you know, Neville raked the eyes when he was uh, locked in uh, whatever Aries calls his submission finisher. I'm terrible. The last but, chancery, uh, no? The last chancery, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and then, uh, you know, and then he finished him off from there with the red arrow. Yeah, excellent match. I had it a shade middle, below four stars, maybe three and a half, three and three quarters, somewhere in that range. So the show was off to a good start. And really, it was an excellent show for about the first three hours. It's ridiculous that we're even saying that a show could be excellent for the first three hours. But here we are. So, um, yeah, that, that was a good kickoff to, uh, to the excellent first half of the show. The 33-man Battle Royal, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, did not go as I expected. Uh, Mojo Rawley gets the win. Gronk, Rob Gronkowski shows up. And Jinder Mahal, the last one, eliminated. Um, surprised in any way that it didn't come down to Big Show or Braun Strowman at the, uh, as the final two at all? I would have been if they didn't show Gronk on camera before the match and then pound home that he was friends with Mojo Rawley and make a huge deal out of it because that basically gave away the finish. But yeah. I mean, it's okay. It's just a stupid battle royal. Nobody cares. Um, I thought it was entertaining for what it was. They made sure that Braun looked good by tossing all the geeks in the first you know, minute or so. And then, uh, you know, it took 20 men to throw them out of the ring. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, I did like that the final three guys, it was kind of creative. You know, you, who would have expected, you know, Killian Dane and, and Jinder Mahal to be the last two uh, with Mojo Raleigh. But, uh, and then things got, you know, I thought Gronk's spot came off well. Look, it was, it was, it was what it was. It was a pre-show battle royal, and it was fun enough. It was totally inoffensive, and I, I had no issue with it. What about that? What about Killian Dane being the NXT participant uh, in this Royal Rumble? Of all the options they would have had, they chose Killian Dane. And they, and they made sure he looked good, too. Yeah. I mean, he was right there in the final three. So, and he did look good. I thought he performed well. Uh, the, the, the Chinese Haas was in there, too. I, I think his name is Bing Tang, I believe. Yep. I'm probably getting that wrong. But uh, I thought he looked okay, too. You know, as long as Ho Ho Lung isn't around, you know, I don't care. <laughs> you can use any of those Chinese, as long as it's not Ho Ho Lung, because he, he's the shit. But uh, I do like that. that he, is he the same dude who teamed with uh, Ho Ho Lung in the Dusty Classic? Uh, no, I don't, 
he wasn't in the Dusty Classic. Well, he may have been. I don't remember at all. They lost their first match, right? Bean Tang, yeah, Dusty Classic. Yeah, there was a Chinese team, I think, in the Dusty Classic, or maybe it was a random episode of NXT. I don't know, but if it was the same guy, I've been I've been impressed with him twice now. He, mm-hmm. he looks okay, so uh, and clearly he's the one that they liked because he's the one they put in the Battle Royal. So yeah, and, and yeah, Killian Dane, he looked he looked good too. I thought he came off very well uh, for what was asked of him. Yeah, and then our final pre-show match was not indeed the SmackDown's Women's Six Pack Challenge. It was Baron Corbin and Dean Ambrose for the Intercontinental Championship. So all uh, we we had early on, the Women's Championship on SmackDown was announced as the kickoff show match. There was some online fervor. WWE decided to put that on the main show. And then we had Baron Corbin and Dean Ambrose moved to the pre-show. So again, the Intercontinental Championship gets the shaft. Is that okay? I don't know. I I don't want to get into that. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, you know, it's like that's the answer. Pre-show. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't look, matter. I, personally, personally, it does, it doesn't matter. But personally, to me, I don't think that the online server, as you referred to, has anything to do with the switch. Okay. I know that's how they're playing it up, but I don't believe that. I think that they saw the women's SmackDown match as the perfect buffer match mm-hmm. between the Brock Lesnar match and the, the, uh, the, the uh, Undertaker-Roman match. And I think when they reconfigured things, they made the switch. I mean, I could be wrong, and, you know, um, I'll admit it if I am, if it's, if it's proven so. But I think that that was just a coincidence. I think that we've seen the WrestleMania card get shuffled before. Uh, there's also a rumor that Dean Ambrose was being punished for being drunk at the Hall of Fame. I don't know how much truth there is to that, but that's always a possibility, too. He did... Uh, embarrass himself in that little segment with Renee Young at the Hall of Fame where he was talking about his uh, his, uh, his 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 lubricated balls, I believe is uh, what uh, Dean was babbling on about when he had a few too many in them. But, uh, but who knows? But uh, I do know that this Dean Ambrose-Baron Corbin match was just a match. It was firmly average. It's a match you'll never think about again. So, uh, but I mean... You know, that's Baron Corbin, the most overrated guy on the roster, who everyone wow. thinks is a super worker. But, I mean, all he does is go out there and put up, you know, two-star specials, but everyone seems to think this dude is a super worker. I don't understand it. It's not I even... mean, he's a perfectly average guy. He's great. Uh, you yeah. know, I mean, he... He's not a super yeah, worker. nothing against him. Yeah, but, I mean, that, that's the reputation he has in some circles, and I just don't understand it. I mean, I think he's just a... I think he's just a guy, and there's nothing wrong with just being a guy. But, uh, you know, and this was just another average Baron Corbin match. I don't know. Average Baron Corbin match. I don't even know if it's the super worker aspect. I think he's more, I think he's a little better than average uh, in the ring. I just like the attitude. I like the presence that he brings because there's so many guys, uh, whether it's from NXT or, or even guys that are on the roster right now, that just don't seem to click when they're on television. They don't know who they want to be. They don't know what they want to do. And Baron Corbin, at least, is a guy who's gotten past that. He knows what he wants to be. He knows what he wants to do. The The in-ring stuff can still come. That may still show up later on. I think the potential is there. I don't think he's a superhero right now, but he has a leg up on a lot of guys who are coming. He has a leg up on Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews doesn't know what the hell he wants to be. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, you know. Yeah, I guess so. I just, I, I don't, I just don't see what all the fuss is about with this guy. I'm not even as high on his character work as you seem to be. I, I just think he's firmly average in all aspects. I mean, he doesn't convey danger to me. He doesn't convey that he is dangerous. He doesn't convey that he's tough. I don't know. He just comes off like this 
tall dude with an average body and he's average in the ring and he's already into his thirties and how high can his ceiling really be? I mean, how much better do we expect him to get? Um, and I look, I know it's not all about work rate or whatnot in that company, but I don't know. I just, I mean, he's fine. I don't know. It, it sounds like I'm killing the guy and in, in some ways I am, but I just, I don't know. I've never understood the fuss. There you have it. Joe Lanza advocating, advocating for the firing of Baron Corbin, which I think is a little, a little far, a little too, uh, too, uh, I mean, I wouldn't miss him. I'm to be honest. I wouldn't miss the guy. I mean, I, you know, he, I probably wouldn't even notice he was gone. Honestly, you had to pick one to let go. Apollo Cruz, Baron Corbin, which one you pick? Uh, I think I would let go of, wait, I, those are my only two choices. You're, you're in, head of creative on WWE and you're thinking about the future. Who is the best option? I think, I think Apollo Crews has a much higher ceiling in, in terms of star power. So I would cut Corbin. All right. Cutting Baron Corbin. Even though Cruz is, because even though Cruz has struggled, mm-hmm. I don't think that's all on him. They've done nothing with him. He's, he's a guy that smiles a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's in this awful feud with Dolph Ziggler, but I think Apollo Cruz has the higher ceiling, even if Baron Corbin's a little ahead of him now. I, I don't, I don't see Corbin as a star at all. I think Apollo Crews, if the if, if things lined up properly, could be a star. So from that perspective, since they're both basically just mid card guys, I mean, I would I would keep the guy with the higher upside. So I would cut Corbin. All right, uh, we go into the uh, main WrestleMania show, and they they opened up with AJ Styles, Shane McMahon, one of the longer matches on the show. They they really did spread out the long matches. They spread out AJ from from Seth Rollins, Triple H, and then of course Roman Reigns, the Undertaker in the main event level. Uh, Shane McMahon, I, I thought I loved David Otunga's commentary during the start of Shane McMahon versus AJ. Cause the whole commentary was about how, how Shane McMahon can't get gassed and how he's a workhorse in the gym and how his cardio is, is above, not, not just above standard, but like all time elite. And then of course, Shane McMahon, two minutes in is just gassed and tired as all get out. And AJ Styles gets the win with his finish. Shane McMahon seemingly dead. And now the story goes, what the hell is going to happen with AJ on SmackDown? Because the boss hates him, basically. Uh, what do you think about AJ Styles, Shane McMahon? Okay, so from a storytelling perspective, I thought it was really silly that Shane McMahon was going toe-to-toe wrestling-wise with, uh, you know, who you maybe could call the ace of the SmackDown show. I think that uh, kind of makes AJ Styles look a little weak. But at the same time, in this company, those things don't seem to matter as much. So that's probably overanalyzation. Just from strictly analyzing the match from an entertainment perspective, I thought that was the best match on the show. I'd go four to four and a quarter, somewhere in that range. Shane McMahon, like always, worked his ass off. This man will never not work hard in the match. He will always put his body on the line. He will always uh, try extremely hard to perform well. Uh, and, you know, this was no, and he's pushing 50 now, which makes it all the more uh, impressive. AJ Styles, of course, is one of the three best, probably one of the, you know, three or five best wrestlers in the world. You knew he was going to bring his A game. And look, there's things that Shane did in this match that were a little sloppy, that were a little off. Um, you know, not everything was super clean, but it was okay. I think for the style of match that it was. And if you're grading on a curve because he's almost 50 and not a regular wrestler, I mean, I, I don't think it could have came off any better than it did. Uh, luckily, they didn't try anything super dangerous. I think the biggest spot was probably Shane whipping on the elbow drop through the announcer table, a spot that he's done a million times. Not that that makes it safe, 
but at least it was something he was familiar with. And it wasn't like, you know, last year where he fell 30 feet or whatever it was. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was the best match on the show. And you're right. I don't know where they go from here. Obviously this feud must continue Rob, because you're not going to beat the commissioner of the show and uh, just leave it at that. Well, no one. So, and, and what what do you think? Did you, did you, th- what do you think of the match? Did you think that was the best match on the show or no? Um, I, I liked it. I guess uh, if I'm looking at the matches up and down on the card right now, I, I don't know. Maybe the most fun I had was the tag team match, the raw tag team match. Um, I really love, I love the Miz's work in the John Cena match. I thought the Miz was absolutely phenomenal. Um, but AJ Styles, Shane McMahon, yeah, it may have been, uh, the best full complete match on the show. It's just really weird because the whole idea for the story is AJ is super upset that he didn't get the world title match to main event WrestleMania. And it's not like that goes away. I mean, Shane McMahon is still his boss. AJ gets the win over him. But AJ's, if you're AJ Styles, you still think you should be the main event guy, right? And now on the SmackDown side, your your world champion is Randy Orton. So it looks like if if it's going to make any sense, we got to go with AJ and Randy Orton at this point. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, but we'll see. Is Shane going to be, you know, bitter that he lost the match and all of those sorts of things? So, yeah, um, I think a story that would have made more sense is if AJ just would have beat him senseless for the entire match and maybe give Shane a, a brief comeback towards the end that gets cut short. Uh, that wouldn't have made for as good of a match, but it would have made more sense in the story. I'm just a little uncomfortable with a 50-year-old you know, commissioner of the brand going toe-to-toe with the guy who's, who was your world champion for whatever it was, a year, six mm-hmm. months, whatever it was. So uh, that was the only slight critique but it was look it was a lot of fun and 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 to me it was the best match in the show so whatever it was a lot of fun it had the advantage of going on early in the show too crowd was super hyped to see these guys and uh yeah it was it was a pretty fun match uh what any chance that there's uh they play up this a little bit with aj being disgruntled on smackdown and maybe maybe one of the big gimmicks for the the weekend post raw and smackdown uh we have some type of crazy trade AJ Styles goes to Raw. Someone goes to SmackDown. I don't even know who that would be, but uh, that's one way of kind of reshuffling the roster and making a big gimmick here on the uh, post-Mania Raw. It's not a terrible idea. You know, if, if you're ever going to shake things up, it's going to be after WrestleMania. So, um, But doesn't that kind of make Shane look like kind of weak too, where it's sort of like, you know, I, c- I couldn't beat this guy, so I'm just going to shun him off to the other show. So I, d- I don't know. But yeah, there's definitely a possibility of some roster shakeup for sure. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho, uh, Chris Jericho does not get his revenge. Kevin Owens wins the U S championship. Uh, yeah, the, the ending to the story is Kevin Owens was right all along and he didn't need Chris Jericho as his friend and Chris Jericho proved Kevin, right? Yeah. I mean, um, I think that Kevin Owens is better in the role as the cocky champion who's being chased. So I, I, I thought it was the right finish. I thought it was a good, solid professional wrestling match, which contributed to the good, solid first half of this show. So, yeah, right down the line, I've, I had no issue with the finish. I had no issue with the match. Uh, good stuff. And then we get to the Raw Women's Championship match. Uh, Bailey retaining. They got Nia Jax out of there very, very quickly. Uh, and then I, I don't know about this one because this did not have one-tenth of the special feel that the women's championship match last year at WrestleMania had, what was, what was wrong with this one? Why did it, why did it come across as just a, a weird, wacky raw women's match? 
it didn't have one tenth of the special feel of the raw of the uh, raw women's title matches on Raw, let alone at WrestleMania. Um, it's just because they shoehorned four people into the match and told a lousy story. You know, I've been a big proponent of it should have been whoever the two hottest female acts were on that draw, on that brand should have been in that match. And if that means, you know, and that and that and it should have been Charlotte defending the title against Bailey and Bailey winning the title at WrestleMania and ending Charlotte's pay-per-view streak all in one shot. That would have been a great moment. What they did here totally watered down, uh, you know, both of Bailey's moments, both her title win Mm -hmm. and her big WrestleMania win. Uh, So I was, I was a big proponent of take the two hottest girls, which in this case have been Charlotte and Bailey. That was the story. And if that means that Sasha Banks had to sit this one out, that's tough. That's the wrestling business. You weren't the hot act this year. You don't get to play on the big stage. It's just the way it works. Or if you want to get everybody on the show, you only have seven hours, Rob. You could have given Sasha Banks and Nia Jax another match earlier in the evening or done something else with them. It's amazing how poorly they manage their time on this show. They can shoehorn all these people on the show without diluting the matches. And this was a match that clearly suffered by putting too many people in the match. So... Uh, look, and people are going to be disappointed, but Rob, isn't, you know, doesn't competition fuel people? Okay. If you know that you need to be the hottest star going into the biggest show of the year, isn't that going to motivate you? Wouldn't it annoy Sasha Banks if she was left out of a big match at WrestleMania? But that could be a good thing. It could be a motivator for someone like Sasha Banks. She just wasn't hot this year. She shouldn't have been in the match. Nia Jax shouldn't have been in the match. Maybe give them a singles match. Uh, during the pre-show, you only had one match during the first hour of the pre-show. You could have done two. How much talking can Booker T and Lita do? I mean, you know, it, there's ways to get people onto the thing without ruining, uh, you know, the bigger matches on the show. So that's that. To answer your question in the most long-winded way possible, I think that's why this match didn't feel special. Too many people involved and a bad story. And not even just the. Uh, you talk about how they use their time on the show uh, from the from the panels. To the different backstage uh, stuff and, and there wasn't even that much backstage stuff this year more so to me it was the four and five minute long video packages that they had for every single match on the show it was like an hour of video packages and i'm i understand why they do the video packages they need time to reset they want to change the ropes they want to do whatever but i i don't know about four and five minutes worth it, can't you fit a little bit of the the background in these stories into like a minute and a half two minutes, just show us, just cut and dry, you know, clip after clip of all the big stuff and get over it and then have the match that, that saves a half an hour right there. Yeah. Especially for the prelim stuff. We don't need the full video package for the prelim stuff. You want to do that for the, you know, the the three or four big matches at the end. I understand it. Um, Don't necessarily agree with it. I still agree with you that they should trim them down, but you know, especially the prelim stuff. I don't even know that we need the packages for the prelim stuff. And we had WrestleMania. The first match, actually, bell time was what at like seven twenty Eastern. It was it was crazy because he had the America the Beautiful, you had the the big video package, you have the super long entrance. Uh, thank God Shane McMahon sprinted to the ring because otherwise we would have had a half an hour of nothing to start this WrestleMania show. Um, the big return, Broken Matt Hardy is here. Hardy Boys are back in WWE. Uh, he was half in Broken Hardy mode. He was half in Matt Hardy mode. The crowd was doing the delete with them. The Hardy Boys are back, and not only are they back, they are the new Raw Tag Team Champions. They are title holders once again after 24 hours of not holding any belts. 
Yeah, I mean, this was awesome. This was just, this is, you know, like we talked about at the top of this show, one of the three key things that will stand out from this show. It was a great moment, and we all know Mania is about the moments, Rob. Um, so, yeah, this, uh, it, was, it was a fun uh, ladder match. I don't think it was any kind of great match, but it was very fun, and it was a good match. And this, again, this show was on a roll at this point, you know, because, you know, even going all the way back to the 205 Live match that opened things up, that was an excellent match. The Battle Royal was fun. And then all these matches that we've talked about have been very good at minimum, and I happen to think that the opener was great. So the show was really on a roll at this point. The Hardys were super over. If you notice, Matt Hardy is really beat up. He doesn't do much. Um, you know, he's super over. He doesn't have to. But, you know, he did a one or two moves off. I think he gave Carl Anderson a uh, side effect or whatever he called that thing off of the ladder at one yeah. point. And he kind of yeah. stays at, yeah, yeah, he stays out of the way. And mm-hmm. Jeff did the big spot at the end, but he came up a little short of Sheamus. But still, I mean, you know, the, you know that, that just looked tremendous. And that's, that's the signature moment from the match, I think, was Jeff Hardy coming off the top of the ladder. Yeah, great moment. Couldn't have introduced them any better. They were super over. Everything worked out great. It would have been a mistake to hold them off till Raw because the crowd just would have been chanting delete almost certainly through that whole entire match and maybe for the rest of the night. So they, they got that out of everybody's system by just getting, you know, reintroducing the Hardys right there at WrestleMania and not waiting for Raw. I, I don't know if they got it out of the system. I, I think it was cool that it was clever because there was so much going on where the crowd was chanting delete certain during certain spots where it just was not being picked up on the camera. Like you, you knew the crowd was doing it because you were familiar. But if you hadn't been familiar with the broken Matt Hardy character, you wouldn't have known what was going on. It wouldn't have looked that crazy to you outside of the blonde streak in Matt's hair. But tomorrow night on Raw, they're going to show out there and that crowd is going to delete like crazy. It is going to be nonstop delete for 10 minutes. Oh, there's no question. I, I just meant that they got it out of the fan system on this night so okay. that they didn't do yeah. it all night long because they gave them the Hardys. If they didn't give them the Hardys when they were expecting to get the Hardys, I think it may have gotten out of control. Do you think the people were expecting the Hardys tonight? I think so, because as soon as New Day came out, they started going delete, delete, delete. I mean, you know, so um, I, I think they saw right through the tease with New Day, and I think at that point, um, yeah, I think a, 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 at least a decent chunk of the crowd kind of had a feeling. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, after that, we just kept, you talk about the moments. I, I think the, the Hardy boys winning the Hardy boys returning and then winning the title will be one of those things that people, you know, specifically bring up WrestleMania 33 and cut right to that segment. They'll just keep watching that over and over. Uh, and then they'll also watch the proposal. Uh, John Cena proposed marriage to Nikki Bella and Nikki accepted. They also won a match. They beat the Miz and Maurice, uh, ten minute match and the ten minutes ten minute speech from John Cena. Uh, what was bigger? What what was bigger on this show? The Hardy Boys' return or the John Cena proposal? Well, the John Cena proposal is going to be played up as bigger, um, and in the grand scheme, it, it probably is. I mean, because it, look, it, it's not just a wrestling storyline for their wrestling show, but this is going to play into total Bellas and total Divas and all of that too. So it really affects a, a, an even larger part of their business and a larger part of their television. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I, I'd have to say that the, the, the scene of proposal was bigger. Um, and, and that was, and look, that whole match was about the post match. I mean, let's be honest. I, I know you said that you really enjoyed the Miz's work in that match. I know a lot of other people did as well, but really it was a nothing match. Oh, I mean, yeah. was, you know, the finish was, it was, it was abrupt and, but it, it told the story it needed to tell to get to the post match. Uh, you know, which I think, 
you know, I don't know. Do you get the sense that most people saw that coming or do you think that did surprise a good deal of people? I, I think a lot of people saw it coming, but they also saw it coming so much that they were, they were thinking it wouldn't actually happen. Like this is one of those things where, you know, it just seems so obvious that it's not possible that it actually happens. Right, right. Where you sort of overthink the obvious. Yeah, you overthink it so much. Uh, and then I want to get to, uh, we've skipped around here on the second half of the show. The first half is really where it was at. I agree. Uh, but the second half had its moments. I mean, Brock Lesnar beating up Goldberg, you know, going back and forth with the finishers, going back and forth with the domination and then Brock just getting the upper hand Goldberg killed dead. I mean, this was not only the end for undertaker very well could have been the end for Shane McMahon too, uh, as far as a wrestler goes, but, uh, seems possible. It's also the end for Goldberg and we have a new raw, raw champion, a universal champion in Brock Lesnar. Brock and Goldberg, the five minutes of just high-impact craziness. This is what their match at WrestleMania 20 should have been. What you think about it here at Mania 33? I fucking loved this match. I loved this match. This, the second half of this show, I mean, you know, we had, you know, the, 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 the Cena match was really just, you know, a nothing match. And I wasn't really invested in that story anyway. So, like, post-match stuff really didn't do anything for me. Then we had that stupid concert. Uh, you know, we had the, the Randy Orton-Bray Wyatt thing and, um, which was horrendous, which was, you know, one of the worst things I've ever seen in a wrestling ring. And, and, and I did not like, uh, triple H Seth Rollins. So, you know, you get to this and at this point, I, this show is really dragging for me and I'm feeling really negative now about this show. And then I loved every fucking second of this. I look, I know that these Brock Lesnar Goldberg matches are divisive. I am clearly on the side firmly on the side that loved this feud. I mean, I loved every interaction they had since Goldberg came back. I loved the short squash match when Goldberg returned. There's just a totally different feel and a totally different dynamic when these two guys wrestle. The energy is different in the building. Uh, it, it feel, it, it's sort of this, I hate this term, but it's sort of a real sport feel where the finish can come at any moment. So you're not you don't have that pro wrestling thing in your brain where you're trained to know when the finish is coming. You never know what's going to happen when these two guys wrestle. It could end at any time. Um, and there's just a, a totally, there's like this different dangerous energy when these two guys are in there. And this match was the perfect way to finish this off. Rob, this was nothing but giant bomb after giant yep. bomb, which is, which is exactly what it should have been. You know, and, and you had the big, uh, you know, you, you put them through the guardrail, they get back in the ring, the 10 German suplexes, which, by the way, give Brock Lesnar a lot of credit because those were the safest German suplexes possible without completely looking bad to the point where it looked like they didn't hurt. He really took care of Bill Goldberg with those German suplexes. Well, well you kind of feel and like, you, know, you, you feel like Goldberg is one of the guys, Undertaker being one of the others, that Brock Lesnar doesn't care about anyone who works there except for Undertaker and except for Bill Goldberg. Like he has so much respect. It's so funny because I, I you wouldn't think Goldberg might be the guy, but uh, it, it's like when he's in there, he knows this is an equal to me, maybe even better, like not just in the ring, but as like a, as a person, as a whatever, but he, he had so much respect. It's obvious for Goldberg uh, that, yeah, you're right. I mean, safer. He, Look at how he threw around John Cena a couple of years ago. Look at how he threw him around. John Cena's the face of that company. And Brock Lesnar totally took care of Goldberg here. I think with some of these younger guys like Cena and, and, and Randy Orton, who was willing to take those hard elbows to the head, um, and some of the other guys he's tossed around, I think there's sort of this male bravado thing where they probably tell him, look, 
let's make this look as real as possible. Everyone remembers the great Brock Cena match, which was basically Brock just beating the shit out of Cena, uh, legit, basically. Um, you know, and I think that comes into play where they're like, look, man, we understand your character. Let's make this as real looking as possible and beat the shit out of it. And I think like you're saying, you're dead on. I think he has so much respect for the undertaker and Bill Goldberg. He worked right as a feather with undertaker that year and undertaker still got concussed, yeah. you know, and, and, and you're, and in this match, those German suplexes were just picture perfect. You go back and watch those bumps that Goldberg took. They were flat on his back. His head never hit the mat. And a lot of that was the way, and, and, but, but at the same time, it didn't look weak. It was just the perfect balance. I thought Brock was so good in this match. And Goldberg, too, give him credit. Because nobody thought that he can go longer than a minute. And look, they didn't have Dango 20 minutes, but they, they, that was the perfect five minutes. I loved that match. I can't praise that match enough. I, I almost, I, that's why I think Goldberg's done, because he saved, he saved the last six months of any type of bumps, any type of wrestling. I mean, he saved it all for this show. He's been in the WWE. He's had a couple of matches here for the last six months, and everything that he did was on this show. He didn't do a thing. He just did his you know, spear and jackhammer the last couple of shows. It was all done here, and that's, uh, that's probably the end of Goldberg unless they come with maybe one special match that lures him back in, but I, I just don't see it. I think this show was was the start of uh, start of very little and really the end to a lot. Uh, and that's the way I look at this yeah. show. It was the end to a lot. I think you're right. I, there's just no more story to tell between these two guys. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I could, I could see Goldberg coming back for another WrestleMania, maybe to squash someone like The Miz or something like that. Uh, you know, some heel, some dastardly heel. But, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it, this is the end of his run. Shinsuke Nakamura tomorrow? Absolutely, because I think uh, much like on this show where we saw some people written off, that was a clear write-off of Shinsuke Nakamura because he lost clean in the middle to Bobby Roode, and that's two straight losses. And, uh, you know, they let him say his goodbyes and all that. So he's, I think he's finished with NXT. I think he shows up at Raw. And last thing for you, who looked better at NXT TakeOver Orlando, Alistair Black or Andrade Almas? Man. Um, Look, I think they both look good. I think, I think Andrade Almas has just, he's got so much damage from, from just, you know, a few of his subpar performances and the way he was presented early on that he, I'm afraid that he's never going to be able to overcome it. And I think that Alistair Black is fresh and he's new and, and, and his debut came off so well. So um, if you're putting a gun to my head, even though I thought Almas was, was excellent, I would say, uh, I would say Black. The answer was Andrade Almas. I'll explain why next. You can check out Shake Them Ropes on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and everywhere podcasts are sold for free. Just search Shake Them Ropes or for iTunes, head to bit.ly slash itunes. That is bit.ly slash itunes. Leave a rating and review. We appreciate it. We want to thank everyone who in the last couple of weeks has left a rating and review of the show. Uh, right up, right there on iTunes. Even if you don't listen to the show on iTunes, you can head to bit.ly slash itunes and leave a rating and review. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Tell us you don't like tech issues. That would be great. Tell us that you like Jeff Hawkins. I'm sure he would like that too. I want to thank everyone who's left a rating and review. Thank you for subscribing to the show. Back right now with more Entrade Almas Talk. Back now with some of my final thoughts from the weekend. Uh, we talked about it. I, I teased it, and I know you all want to know about Andrade Almas. 
let it Dave Meltzer, the wrestling observer is, uh, is out there saying Andrade Almas is going to be called up to the main roster and who knows uh, it didn't happen on raw uh, recording this section after, after Monday night raw, maybe it'll happen on SmackDown. Uh, still waiting for that Shinsuke Nakamura too. I know, uh, Joe thinks that Shinsuke Nakamura is coming up this week. Uh, a lot of talk that he was, then he was put back on the international tour that the NXT is doing here in a month or two. And uh, a lot of a lot of back and forth, like will he or won't he? And if he was going to be called up, SmackDown would seem like it's going to be the place, whether it's against AJ Styles or whether they decide to do something else. But Shinsuke Nakamura uh, could be coming up on uh, on SmackDown. It's certainly interesting because now you have SmackDown Live, you have this brand split, you have completely separate rosters, and the Monday after Mania, the Raw after Mania is usually this big, huge show because it was live. Anything could happen. They would have surprises. They would have returns, whatever the case. And we had that last night for sure. We had Finn Balor coming back and we had the Revival debuting. And now SmackDown is live. It's in Orlando. It's not in some other city like they've been doing in the past where it's almost like SmackDown's an afterthought. It's forgotten. WrestleMania week goes from the Friday night of Hall of Fame or NXT all the way to Monday at Raw. And then Tuesday SmackDown is just whatever. Well, not not this year. This year might be a little bit different. We might be seeing some of the coolness of these uh, of this live Raw here on this live SmackDown. So Shinsuke Nakamura could be coming up. You might get uh, Andrade Almas too. Dave Meltzer out there saying that Andrade Almas is coming up soon, whether that's now or whether that's after the superstar shakeup, which we'll get to in a minute. Who knows? But if he comes up, SmackDown also seems like a likely place for him. Now, whether that's to toil in the mid card against the Dolph Ziggler's of the world or Callisto, who knows? I mean, do you really see him being a main a main player right now on any brand outside of NXT? Hell, even on NXT, he's not a main player. Losing to Aleister Black uh, in the gatekeeper role and the CJ Parker Ty Dillinger role uh, at NXT TakeOver. On Friday night, but Andrade Almas is one of those cases where, yeah, he came in. He didn't come in hot to NXT. The former La Sombra, he he comes in and he's a baby face and he doesn't have the coolest the coolest music. I don't I don't feel his entrance theme uh, would be considered cool by many people or or a must listen to. Uh, it's certainly no Bobby Roode entrance theme. And, and you look at Bobby Roode, who's come in and the entrance theme got him immediately over. And yeah, he was a bigger name in TNA. But the entrance theme got Bobby Roode over immediately, and Andrade Almas didn't have that. Also, the fact that Andrade Almas comes in as this babyface where the crowd didn't really know what to do. I mean, they didn't really know La Sombra. They, they heard of him, but no one's invested in Andrade Almas when he comes in. Uh, you can go into other things that you can really be picky about. Andrade Cien Almas, is that really a name of a superstar? Do you have to really keep going so long? Just call him Cien. Just call him Cien. I mean... When Carlito came into WWE and his name was Carlito Caribbean Cool, you couldn't wait to drop that Caribbean Cool. Just go with Carlito. Shorter names, I feel, are better unless you're going to go with a real name first and last. Just do a first and last name and that's it. But these long names, you got Pentagon Jr. out there on the Indies going by Penta El Serio Medio or whatever it is. And you keep seeing people shorten that. It's just too long. It doesn't fit. So Andrade Almas comes in with all these factors kind of playing against him. A baby face where he can't connect. Uh, this music that just doesn't get get you immediately over. Um, and NXT has a pretty good track record about just supplying really kick-ass entrance themes to get people over right away. Finn Balor had that when he came in. Uh, Samoa Joe didn't, but Samoa Joe got over with NXT anyway. So you 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 want that... 
you want that theme at least to connect right away and people want to be able to hear it. Because if they want to hear the theme, they want to see it come out because they want to hear the theme. But anyway, Andrade Almas comes in not super hot. Then he starts turning heel. He starts going into more of the Tranquilo character. He starts going into uh, more of what got him over and what got the ingovernable. What am I going to butcher it right now? The ingovernablest group. The ingovernablest group over. Uh, he's playing more more up to that, and he's been consistent in the ring. He's been consistent. He's been Bobby Roode's best match in NXT so far. He had a really good match with Roderick Strong, and here in in TakeOver Orlando against Aleister Black, I thought Andrade almost completely outshined Aleister Black, and Aleister Black's the fresh, shiny new toy. But of course, Aleister Black gets the win. He's the new toy after all. Andrade almost loses, and maybe it is because he's going to the main roster, or maybe they just have nothing else to do with him in NXT, or it could be both. could be going to the main roster because they have nothing else to do with him in NXT. But like Bobby Roode, I think, I think Alistair, uh, I think Andre Almas will be better on the main roster than he's been in NXT, especially if he comes in as more of a heelish character playing up against stars that people know. I think Bobby Roode would be much more better served being on the main roster too. But now if you're going to have NXT as a third brand and we got the news this week that NXT takeover is going to be happening much more often. Now there's an NXT takeover coming up in May in Chicago. So they are going a month and a half in between takeovers, which is a pretty short time frame. If you have more takeovers now, you're going to start seeing this NXT even more so as a third brand and not just the developmental territory. And is Bobby Roode really the guy to headline that? Is Shinsuke Nakamura the guy to headline that? Maybe he is. Maybe that's the one reason why you think, okay, maybe they would wait for him to go to the main roster because he's kind of already on a main roster if this brand tours even more, if this brand has pay-per-views every month now. Maybe they need him on these on these Saturday night NXT shows. But Andrade Almas has the chance to be better served on the main roster. I don't like the entrance theme. I'm an entrance theme snob. I'm a theme snob in a lot of ways. But I think over the last six months, Andrade Almas has shown enough that says, you know, this guy has it. He's been losing all the matches. He's been an afterthought in a lot of programs, but this guy has it. He'll he'll adapt, and you still have plenty of time with him. He's not a 38-year-old who's coming in. He's not a guy who's resting completely on his past history in pro wrestling. This guy has a chance to make his own history in pro wrestling in WWE. Didn't work out too well for the first Sin Cara. Gets a lot of comparisons to that. Whether fair or not, I don't necessarily think it's even close to a a valid comparison just because the former La Sombra Andrade Almas has a lot more potential in WWE. And I hope he gets the chance to display that. I'll be, you know, we'll be watching SmackDown tonight. Um... And maybe by the time you listen to this, SmackDown's already happened, and we'll we'll see if we're right or wrong. And and if SmackDown is played up as this as this post-mania live show with a lot of crazy surprises, you know, fresh stuff. The three hours of Monday Night Raw kind of flew by. And SmackDown's only two hours. It has a chance to fly by as well. And at the end of it, you're like, oh my gosh, did that all really just happen? You know, what's next for AJ Styles? What what is Randy Orton gonna do? Is he gonna go into immediate rematches with Bray Wyatt or is AJ Styles next? Or is someone else going to come up and show up? Is Shinsuke Nakamura going to be put in the title picture right away against Randy Orton? That's a dream match. Tell you what, 
if Shinsuke Nakamura is coming up, SmackDown is the show I would want him on. Think of all the dream matches that are available just right away. AJ Styles, Randy Orton is one. For sure. And then, who knows? A Bray Wyatt-Shinsuke Nakamura SummerSlam match with more ring projections. Shinsuke Nakamura has a lot. And don't get me wrong, he has a ton he could do on Raw, too. But what's he what's he going to do on Raw? Like Kevin Owens. You do Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, he's wrestled uh, on house shows in WWE. That seems like a match Chris Jericho would want on television. There are a lot. And WWE is really coming now with the Revival coming up, with the Hardys coming back, with Shinsuke Nakamura possibly coming up, uh, with Finn Balor back. There are... There are distinctly two brands now with top talent, and you have more top talent now than you've had in a long time. Especially if Brock Lesnar is going to stick around. Brock Lesnar propping up the Raw brand while you got AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, Randy Orton on the SmackDown brand. John Cena's still around, maybe not for too much longer. But you have two distinct brands where there is plenty of talent to go around. You can fill out a three-hour show now. You can fill out a two-hour show. And it doesn't feel completely slow and and dragged down. And you don't have the same characters all over the show for all three hours. Because you don't have to anymore. They've gotten to a place where they have plenty of talent. They have plenty of talent in NXT too. Whether they use the right ones or not is a separate issue. But they have plenty of talent in NXT. Another another topic that seems to be coming up right now too is Matt Hardy. Uh, The Hardy boys are back. Matt Hardy going back and forth between his... His Hardy Boy persona, his his Matt Hardy version one persona, and the broken Matt character that got him more popular or repopular, if you will, over the last year, year and a half. Uh, he's split in between it. I mean, he has not gone full broken Matt Hardy on WWE TV. He's some he's doing some of the mannerisms. The delete chant is over. The question is, will you see broken Matt in WWE? And I don't necessarily think that's a guarantee by any means. And I would say it's not likely that you'll see broken Matt in WWE right now. The question is, are they a nostalgia act or are we going to be seeing the Hardy boys in WWE over the next six years? Cause if we see him over the next six years at some point, yeah, you might put both of them as singles wrestlers again, or are they just going to run them as a tag team? And that's it. They're a tag team now until they retire from WWE. Maybe it's a two or a three year type of uh, experiment with the Hardy boys coming back. Cause we got these 40 year old guys who are right now the tag team champions of Raw, and still very popular. Jeff Hardy probably more popular than Matt, despite the broken Matt issue. You you look on Raw, and yeah, you're getting delete chance for both of them, but you hear the reaction when Matt Hardy is mentioned, you hear the reaction when Jeff Hardy is mentioned in that Brock Lesnar promo, and Jeff Hardy gets the bigger reaction. Jeff Hardy is getting the louder delete chance when he's in the ring. Go back and watch WrestleMania and Raw. This crowd... I think would sour pretty quickly on a Matt Hardy singles run. I don't think the WWE audience is where you do the Matt Hardy singles run. It's never been more popular than Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy's the guy to a lot of fans. Now, would the broken Matt Hardy character change that? I don't really think so. It's not like broken Matt Hardy was lighting up TNA viewership. It was a popular, it's a popular chant in WWE. You can, it's not all that dissimilar, although I do feel like uh, when you look at Daniel Bryan and the yes chance, Daniel Bryan was getting over. Yes, the yes chance were too. The yes chance were very, very popular, but also Daniel Bryan was. 
So it's a similar situation, although I think a different result. Daniel Bryan got over. Matt Hardy? I don't know if we're going to even see Broken Matt Hardy to judge whether Broken Matt Hardy gets over. But if he did, I don't think it gets over as much as Jeff Hardy. I think the people like Jeff Hardy better. I just think that's the way people react to the Hardy Boys. So I don't think Broken Matt's coming in. But part of that is the half-commitment to the Broken Hardy mannerisms. Matt Hardy isn't going full out Broken Hardy. He reacts to the response of the crowd. And he does some of the mannerisms. But if you're going to give Matt Hardy promo time, I bet he's talking like Matt Hardy and not Broken Matt Hardy. Now, we haven't gotten to see that too much yet. There's some backstage videos of Broken Matt Hardy, or excuse me, Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy uh, talking about their return to WrestleMania. And the pre-match video on WWE's YouTube page, Matt Hardy is talking like Matt Hardy. He's talking like himself. On the post-match video, you got a little mix. You got the broken Matt voice going in there. You got the broken Matt uh, symbolism. And then some real Matt Hardy. The fact that he is not fully committing tells me that, yes, he is he is running through what the fans know of him over the last year. He's bringing in, he's letting the fans know that, yes, we hear you, the broken Matt Hardy stuff. This is, this is what I did, and this is what you remember, and this is what you know right now, and I'm going to play up to that a little bit. But at the same time, he's not broken Matt Hardy. He's more Matt Hardy version one than that he is broken Matt Hardy. And I don't know if that's a bad thing either. I don't think it is. The Hardy Boys as a tag team are certainly more valuable to WWE as them separate. That's been shown many, many times before. But at this age, I just don't think we're going to get singles runs from them in WWE. So the the patience, Broken Matt is coming. I don't really think that's true. I don't think that's coming true. One bit. want to take a quick moment to uh, to remind you, if you haven't already, if you have not tried Blue Apron yet, get on it. What are you waiting for? BlueApron.com slash shake is the place to go right now. And right now you can get your first three meals free. Get three meals free. Free food from Shake Them Ropes at the number one fresh ingredient delivery service in the United States. Blue Apron. Go to BlueApron.com slash shake. Get three meals free right now. Try some of the great food. I know I just got some beef roast that I have to make with all the fresh side ingredients. You know, go through the time to make a fresh meal not spending time at the grocery store. The time you spent cooking this and eating it is less than you would spend at the grocery store just shopping for the ingredients and then having to go out, try and find a recipe, uh, try to get it all cooked and and looking good on your plate. It, it would just take, it takes too much time. That's why I don't do it. I, I went with, I went with fast food a lot. I ate a lot of fast food I would eat out and it got to, got to be expensive. It got to be unhealthy as well. Well, now with Blue Apron, you can do everything all in one fell soup. Get the ingredients shipped right to you. Get a recipe shipped right to you. All you got to do is cook it and enjoy it. And it's a great experience cooking your own meal. So try it, guys, if you haven't already. Blueapron.com slash shake and get your first three meals free. I want to talk about the women's championship match at SmackDown. The SmackDown women's title at WrestleMania. Match did end up going on the main show. We had the Naomi fun victory getting her championship back which is a cool story the Naomi injury uh, story where she had to go away Alexa Bliss gets the championship in a match with Becky Lynch and now Naomi comes back to get her title because she finally won it and had to give it away right away and two months later she's able to win it back in her home state at Wrestlemania 
It was a feel-good moment for a SmackDown Women's Championship that didn't have a lot of fire going into it because it was a six-pack challenge. It wasn't a singles match with Naomi just trying to get her title back from Alexa Bliss. But the fact that you have Naomi going in there, getting her championship back, I think sets up this women's division on SmackDown up pretty well for the summer because you still have Alexa Bliss there. You can do the rematches. Uh, What does Becky Lynch do? Does Becky Lynch somehow get back in the fray with Naomi as the champion? Or do you do Naomi and Mickey James? There's a fresh match you can do, Naomi and Mickey James. There are a lot of possibilities on the SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, But it was cool seeing them on the main show. It was cool seeing them go with a frantic pace because they had to get it in there in five minutes or what I think it might have actually ended up going six or seven. But you had had a frantic pace in that match. It's cool seeing Naomi win. I'm glad they didn't go with the James Ellsworth Carmella win because that would have been all James Ellsworth and that's not what that championship match should have been about. So it was nice seeing Naomi go in there and get the victory. Uh, Now what is that? What is going to happen with this superstar shakeup? So the superstar shakeup, Vince McMahon comes out, no draft. But we're going to have some trades. We're going to have some some deals being made. We're going to have the deals being made on Monday Night Raw next week. And we're going to see some superstars move around. Uh, one that could possibly go somewhere is going to be Sami Zayn. I mean, they didn't really do anything on Raw this week to tell you that Sami Zayn was staying. I mean, he gets a wind over Jinder Mahal and pressing Kurt Angle. But maybe he just upped his value a little bit for a trade. And Kurt Angle gets him going. Oh, and by the way, if you didn't hear, Kurt Angle's the new GM of Raw. Hall of Famer Kurt Angle. It's cool to see that music coming back. The good reaction that Kurt Angle gets. And hey, if he's around and they start to trust him a little bit, maybe you see another Kurt Angle match. But it is, I mean, it's getting pretty evident that Kurt Angle can't really move that neck around very much. He doesn't move his head around. When he moves his head left to right, he has to move his entire body. That doesn't seem like a neck that's going to get cleared for a match or for a run in WWE at all. But same as Zayn could be on the move. Uh, interesting with the women's division too, because you have Naomi as the champion and Alexa Bliss is the main heel. You could put Mickey James in there, in there as a heel, but you have, you have now Charlotte on the raw side. who just got decimated. Could Charlotte be on the move to the SmackDown side? Could we be getting Naomi and Charlotte in a program this summer, which with uh, Charlotte going to the SmackDown side and we get some uh, fresh matchups in the, in the women's division on raw and SmackDown. We got Emma coming back on Monday night raw which was great to see. They did play up the fact that it took forever for her to come back. Will she or won't she ever return? And she's back and she's evil Emma. And that's the best Emma. So a lot of cool stuff going on on WWE TV right now. Uh, the possibility of moves next week. It keeps the WrestleMania momentum going. It, it provides a situation where, yeah, you want to tune into the show because what the hell's going to happen? Not just about who's winning matches, but where are people going to be? What show am I going to be watching throughout the summer? So I, I, I like the, I like what's going on. You got Finn Balor coming back. You have Brock Lesnar. What is going to be next for him? They were, you know, Paul Heyman teased the Roman Reigns match. Uh, whether that happens on SummerSlam or a big pay-per-view, or maybe they keep it all the way to WrestleMania. And really, that is a match that probably should be on WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns went pretty well the first time. They are the only two people to beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania. They should compete at WrestleMania. It is for the world title. You can boo Roman Reigns all you want, but a Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns match is one of the bigger matches you can do. And if you're going to do big matches, you do them at WrestleMania. So they should hold that one off. But what happens in the meantime? Who is going to be on Brock Lesnar's card in the meantime? Because if Brock Lesnar is going to be the champion, he's got to be around on pretty much every pay-per-view, right? You can get away with it sometimes. But the single brand of pay-per-views without a title match at all? Yeah, I know the title matches haven't been the main events lately. 
because he had the Goldberg run coming in. But on single-branded Raw pay-per-views, you got to have a big title match. And I don't think the U.S. Championship's worth the main event slot. But maybe they'll prove me wrong. And they'll force it. And they'll try to make the U.S. title the main event slot. But it was a fun weekend. It was crazy. You had the WWE Hall of Fame. You had NXT TakeOver. Biggest takeaway from TakeOver is where is Shinsuke Nakamura going to go? Asuka remains the champion. That was a little bit of a surprise to me. I, I went out on a limb and I thought Ember Moon might take the ta- the uh, the championship from Asuka ending the streak. But no, we have Asuka still remaining as the NXT Women's Champion. And now what's next for Ember Moon? She was being built up so so heavily. She go back to the drawing board. Is it going to be some type of redemption story on her? Or is, she, uh, is it now a revenge uh, factor? Is she, she going to go full-blown heel? What, what's going to happen with Ember Moon? We'll see. Uh, but yeah, fun weekend, a lot of wrestling. I mean, WrestleMania ended up being a seven-hour show. It's just it's just long. It went by more quickly this time because I, I think there was a lot more to enjoy on this show than than last year's WrestleMania. And I didn't think last year's WrestleMania was that bad. It was just if you compile all the moments from last year's WrestleMania and put them together in a two-hour package, it's great. But of course, it happened over seven hours, so you have a lot of time to get drawn out of it a little bit. Uh, next year's WrestleMania in New Orleans, the site of Daniel Bryan's big win at WrestleMania 30. They're going right back to WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans. That'll be a crazy party atmosphere if you end up going. Uh, just having all the indie shows next to WrestleMania 34 in just a crazy area. New Orleans, people going to go nuts. Uh, so yeah, that's coming up next year. Until then, we have a lot of uh, a lot of WWE TV with, with new faces, with returning faces. And with mixed up rosters as we head into what is the first summer of the brand split. Brand split last year happened at the end of the summer. So we're heading into our first year now. Uh, We are a quarter of the way through the first full year calendar year of the WWE brand split. So we're seeing some new stuff. Last year we had both brands, you know, on every post WrestleMania show. We don't have that this time. So we'll see what faces kind of rise up and where everything goes from here. Thank you again, everybody, for putting up with this uh, somewhat late delivery of Shake Them Ropes. Uh, I really wanted to do a post-WrestleMania show, and and we did it with Joe. Hope you enjoyed that part. I'm sorry I couldn't get it up until here Tuesday morning, Uh, but thanks for sticking with us. Hope you will again soon as Jeff and I come back next week with Shake Them Ropes. Appreciate it. Have a great rest of your week. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.